Welcome to the seventh episode of the Avoda Days. Our sponsors for tonight's podcast are Washington Institute for Near East Policy and Dairy Queen. Our hosts for tonight are Max Kleinman and Nate Goldberg. And we have a special guest tonight out of D.C., Benji Satloff. Tell us a little about yourself, Benji. Hey, guys. Glad for being here. Thanks for having me. So uh, what are you doing? What's your job? Where are you living right now? Yeah, so right now I am working as a field organizer for the North Carolina Democratic Party. I am living in Durham, North Carolina, and I am working to elect all Democrats running for office in the state of North Carolina. Very nice. Sounds like you're spending your time well. It's a big year. You know, you can't take this year off. It's, it's, it's the big one. Everybody's got to get out do their part. We got to win this election. There's no option not to. Get out and vote. Sure. Go out and vote. Yep. So you went to Duke, right? That's correct. How was your time there? It was great. I love Duke. Um, I mean, I'm living back in Durham now, which is crazy. But so right now the turf that I'm in charge of to get mobilized to work and stuff and to get to vote is literally Duke's campus and the neighborhood directly next to Duke's campus. So, you know, I'm talking to a lot of students. I'm trying to get people volunteering for the campaign. Um, and it feels great being back in Durham. North Carolina is like the swing state. I would say the most important state this election cycle. So, you know, being back here, being near students, being back near campus is great. I love it. Is uh, Duke going in person this fall? Because I know a lot of schools are changing their plans. Yeah, students will be coming back in less than two weeks. So... Wow. Yeah, it's Matt Peljevic is going to be going to Duke. Matt Peljevic actually told me that because he DM'd me on Instagram and let me know that. And I was like, great to hear that. Thank you for letting me know. And I look forward to seeing him when he gets uh, here in a few weeks. Yes. Hopefully he has a good a time as you did. Uh, so we're going to get right into our first segment here called Either Ors. And pretty much we're going to bring up two things and you got to choose one and tell us a little bit about why you're choosing one or the other. So the first one is waterfront or athletics? Waterfront. And look, here's the thing. And I've listened to a few of other of these podcasts and I've heard different, I heard Wes, I heard Drew, whatever, talking about it. The thing is, is like the people that can't swim do athletics. And that's just kind of like the fact of the matter. It's like those that can't do waterfront do athletics. And so I respect athletics a lot, but just like understand the dynamics is like, that's what it is. It's the people that can't do waterfront do athletics. So, and then also I, I truly don't understand why one would like want to like be wearing socks and sneakers all day. Like you're out of, you're at a sleepaway camp, like be your toes in the sand, you're by the water. It's always a good time. There's music playing, people are chilling. You're, you're on a boat. The best part about a Voda is being on the lake. And like, I have firmly believed that since I've been like nine years old and being able to just to access boats and be going on a boat all day long, driving kids, tubing, everything is truly a blessing. And waterfront really is the way to do it. And I, I was on both, by the way, I had, I had athletics periods. I had waterfront periods. I was kind of like one of those hybrid guys, but Having seen both sides, waterfront's objectively better. Respect athletics, but waterfront 10 out of 10. I completely agree with you, and I think Nate can attest to doing athletics if you can't do waterfront. I mean, to put me on the spot, yes. 
I don't not I don't think I would be the best swimming instructor. I did not have great experience swimming before I came to camp and my swimming abilities are not something I would rate highly. So you will not find me teaching swim or Hey, and that's, and that's totally okay. And I'm sure you're a great athletics instructor and I'm so pumped that you are part of athletics. Like seriously, thank you for what you're doing. Really appreciate it. All right, moving right along after that very emotional response from Benji there about the waterfront. Uh, wings or mac and cheese? Mac and cheese, next question. All right, okay. what if it was mac and cheese with Cheetos as the breadcrumbs instead of regular? I think that was post my time. I, I, I've heard about these rumors of the, uh, the Cheeto crumble, and uh, it doesn't do it for me. I don't need that. I just need mac and cheese, hot sauce, good to go. But look, okay. wings are great. And like, I think the thing with wings too is you associate it with like the experience of play night too. So there's like that emotional component as well. But if we're just talking meals, it's, I mean, it's, I mean, come on, it's mac and cheese, Campavota, next question. That I can get behind. Yeah. So are you team Avoda or Avoda Hoops? Look, and I mean, I, I have to just give so much credit to team Avoda because, I mean, when I was probably like bunk 12 up, like AK was the coach for team Avoda who like, he just knows how to like run an operation. Like he really ran a team and they had a system and every year the consistent excellence of team Avoda is really commendable, but Look, I mean, I was captain of senior hoops. You know, I won. We won the Avoda tournament. It was sick. Um, you know, I was on junior hoops and was on hoops since, you know, I was a sophomore. And so, yeah, Avoda hoops is dear to my heart. I've had some of my favorite – honestly, like, winning the, winning the Avoda tournament in my CIT year was, like, might have been my favorite competitive moment of my life. Um, it was just so – it was just one of those things where you really see, like, how working really hard and really dedicating yourself to a team and like a mission, like you have a specific goal, like you want to win the Avoda tournament and you literally work every single day for a whole summer, literally to get to one goal. And then actually meeting that goal is such a fulfilling experience and feeling for, you know, really anybody. And I, it, it taught me really the, the power of like goal setting and meeting your goals and putting hard work into meeting your goals. And see, I mean, uh, it's, it's really great. And, um, yeah, I love about hoops. That's great. Mm. Moving along to Waterwiz or Red Sox for like a field trip. Camper, Waterwiz, staff member, Red Sox. Good choice. Yeah, I could. I think I could agree with that. Max, what about you? I agree with that. I mean, Red Sox will always be one of the coolest trips because Fenway is dope. But Waterways, when it was in its prime, we talked about this in past episodes, but it was the spot. Prime, prime Waterways was unrivaled. Wa- Waterways hits. No, I, I love Waterways. Like, I definitely, you know, I can talk Waterways with anybody. Waterways is a great experience. You know, bananas, Burger King, Walmart, the whole artillery of outings that come along with going to Waterways. Love them all. But, I mean, as a staff member going to a Sox game, it's like it's – I mean, you're going to Fenway. It's, it's, you know, come on. Like, it's Fenway. Very true. All right. So, next, we got an evening activity here. And this one, you get three options. Flag rush, zoo ball, or dead zone. And why you're going to choose one of those three. So, I will say 
I'll, I'll, I'll give three different answers to that. So general camper definitely is going to be flag rush hundred percent. Um, as a bunk 14er, hundred percent zoo ball and in color war, hundred percent dead zone. Um, mm. I think that they're all uniquely special in different contexts. I mean, as a, as a camper at bunk five, you know, bunk 12, whatever, you can just have so much fun playing flag rush. I mean, you're doing everything you're running, you know, you can just be involved in the game. You don't have, you know, if you're, if you're 12 years old, you're probably not getting the ball thrown to you as much in zoo ball, but as a 14 er just, you know, working the ball up with your friends is like the best feeling ever in an evening activity. And then, you know, color war dead zones legendary. I mean, every single year, it's like the most electric event in color war. Um, and it is really, I mean, I, I actually had a unique position. My bunk 12 year, I was the goalie in dead zone, which I, you know, I stand as the most fun position in any sport at Avoda. Um, Cause I mean, being the goalie in dead zone, you're catching flags, you're throwing flags, which is such an added component to it. And then you're stopping, you know, obviously shots and throws. Um, it's a, it's an unbelievable evening activity. So yeah, each in their own context. Actually, I really like that response. And I think Max, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. That's the first time someone has answered that question in that way. Yeah, all three. That's a lot of answers. It is. But all uh, so, very correct. There you yeah. go. All right. Uh, so rainy day schedule. Uh, you got two choices here, moose ball or movie. I'm taking a third option. I'm taking ping pong tournament. Ooh, okay. All right. I respect yeah. that. Look, like I you know, played my fair share of ping pong games at Camp Avoda. A lot of good talent to come through the rec hall. A lot of respect to a few people, including Leon's actually really good. Eddie Bernson was good. Uh, ben Rubin had some game. Did, did you was, ever beat Leon? So my next point was going to say, I'm the best ping pong player to ever come through Camp Avoda, bar none. And like ask, I mean, this isn't like a hot take. This is just me just telling you how it is. And to all the people, I mean, that's just a fact of the matter. So It sounds like a hot take. It does sound like a hot take. I think... It's, it's not that hot. It's really not that hot. It is up for debate. It's still to be tested. Who else is, who else is out there? Who else is in consideration? I know that Danny and Nate play a lot of ping pong together. They, they've got some game. Max, you know anyone else? You ran the ping pong elective, right? Um, once. I feel like there is Max Waltzman good? Like, one of them is good in that 14. I don't know, but We'll just have to take your word for it, I guess. Look, a lot of great talent. A voter really breeds a great crop of ping pong players. A lot of respect to everybody that's come through the rec hall. Like, play me. That's all I got to say. Let's play. Yeah. Confident man right there. Yeah. So, two colors. Classic. White or blue. Which one are you going with? Blue. 10 out of 10. Is that because of the blue gators? Um... Yeah, I mean, also just, like, blue clothing and why blue. Blue's my favorite color. Um, you also have just, like, more flexibility with names, too. Like, I don't know, with naming a team, which is nice. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I've – I don't know. The Blue Gators is, like, definitely team I probably felt close to. I mean, I was on some white teams, too, like the White Villains. Um, was a, I mean, that was 
my favorite team I was on staff for, for sure. So, but yeah, blue, definitely. Okay. So to the final either or, this is a little controversial. So you're picking who's going to be your other captain for your 14 year. We're redoing it. Are you picking Drew Lukoff or Sam Roth? The other person that I'm going to go up against? Yeah. Maybe, maybe not up against, but who it like in your mind it should have been, and you are allowed to answer both of them because both of them are correct. But we want to hear why you think one is more correct than the other. Look, both of them fantastic guys. I don't know if you guys remember. I actually had a concussion all summer, so you know I wasn't really in the bunk. I was in the infirmary pretty much every single day. I don't really remember that summer at all. Um, so. You know, I have those are two of my good friends. Love them both. Drew was an awesome captain. He won. Congratulated him a lot. Sam was a great one pick. Was very excited to have him on my team. Um, so you know, both of them would have been great. Okay, fair response. Um, who do you still talk to today from your age group? Yeah, I talked to a bunch of guys. I mean, I talked to Drew a uh, bunch. I talked to Dan. Talked to Helifan. Talked to. I mean, we just had this big. There's a, I mean, Avoda had this big fundraising effort recently, you know, to like fundraise for camp. And so we had a Zoom call with like my whole 14. And so it was great to talk to a bunch of those guys. I mean, Isaac Goldman, who was in my 14, is my neighbor. And so I see him all the time. Um, and he's, he's doing well. But look, I mean, Alex Edner, Z Elkinson, Sam, like a bunch of these guys like are really great. And then Doug, I mean, we had a whole birthright career too. And so, um, no, I mean, I... A lot, of, a lot of respect for a lot of those guys, for sure. What's nice. Z doing these days? He is working for Dell Technologies. Hmm. How far did he go with his athletics? Uh, well, he's not a professional athlete, so he did not take it further than college. Um, so, but he took it through college. He played college lacrosse. Kid was a beast. Good at sports, good athlete. Yeah, okay, so we got, uh, we got some inside information from, from people in your 14, and there's rumors about your time as a counselor and that you, are, as you're the, the best ping pong player in camp, you're also known to be the, the laziest counselor. And we want you to kind of speak on that if there's any merit behind, behind those allegations. Is that true? That's so interesting. Who said that? <laughs> that is a... Uh, we cannot reveal our sources. Well, hey, I mean, you tell me. I was your counselor. What do you think? I didn't uh, think you were that lazy. I didn't think you were that lazy either, but that's just the rumor that goes around. Look, like, I mean, I think that I'll leave it to my campers to speak for themselves. Like, I, I can't say that, like, you know, maybe, like, a textbook active counselor, maybe not, but, like, I really do think that I made a good relationship with every single one of my campers that I've ever had, and... I mean, I'll let you guys speak to that. You would probably have a better sense of that. So I'm actually curious. I mean, what do you think? Like, I felt like I got to know all of you pretty well. I was in the bunk. Like, I was on my phone, obviously, because I'm like a normal person that's going to be on their phone. But, you know, I was also talking to you guys. <laughs> like, I don't know. The insider that we got said that part of it was that you weren't there for your CIT year. I was there for my CIT year. That's fake news. Well, we are going to have to uh... – Okay, should we expose the insider for... Now, with the false information, their name does not need to be kept a secret. Yeah, you can keep them covert. I wasn't there for my JC year, so maybe that's what they... That's, that that's, probably, 
that's probably what it is. Yeah. And if, if you don't mind us asking, what were you doing during your JC year? Yeah, I did this really cool program called Operation Understanding DC, which was a program that brought together 12 Jewish students and 12 black students from the DC, Maryland, Virginia area to learn about the history of Jewish and black uh, people in terms of you know, overcoming adversity and oppression, and then also just contemporary social justice movements and how we're moving forward with that. And so um, we took this over the summer, we went on this uh, bus tour following the path of the Freedom Ride. So we started in North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, and Tennessee. And we went to historical sites uh, that were pretty critical uh, in the civil rights movement. Um, great experience. I very fortunate I did it. Obviously, I missed Devota a lot, and so much so that I went back for years after that. So my Voda was career was not done, um, but great experience. Bummed I missed JC year, but you know, life goes on. Yeah, that's cool. I, we did not know that, or at least I didn't know that. Sounds like a, a really cool experience. It does. Uh, so this is a classic question asked in color war, but what's, what's your ideal daily schedule at, at Camp Avoda, you know, just top to bottom? Ideal daily schedule. So first period, I would always have a swim and like, that was great. Love being on the waterfront, you know, maybe go on the water, maybe not, but just being on the lake is great. Um, honestly, first two periods of the day just like put me on the waterfront and we're kicking it. We're having a great time, you know, taking kids tubing, teaching kids swimming. Um, being on the lake is a great time. Always third period, freshman, sophomore league commissioner. Um, really just the best period at Avoda. Um, and, you know, I encourage if you have a position, if you have an opportunity to do that, do it. Um, then lunch and for lunch, um, what are we getting for lunch? I don't know. Like, go get Village or something. <laughs> um, what food? I don't know. Like, pizza was good. Like, I actually really like the uh, egg salad sandwiches and tuna sandwiches. Those were good, too. Me um, as well. I'm a huge fan of those. Underrated. Yeah, underrated. Majorly underrated, but, like, actually really good. Um, then rest period, you know, I'm doing senior hoops. Um, fourth period, fourth period hoops. You know, fourth period hoops is the mecca of Camp Avoda. And, you know, I've seen, seen children become men in fourth period hoops. Um, and men become children, get reduced to children. So, uh, you know, you earn your stripes in fourth period hoops. Uh, fifth period weights, definitely go to weights, you know, get your pump on. Um, sixth period, fresh, uh, junior, senior league ref uh, or off and just watch league or just chill and watch league. Um, <laughs> seventh period uh either oh, probably like right? sorry aren't you going back to practice yeah i was gonna say seventh period then junior senior hoops um and do that and then evening activity like it's got to be like flag like i mean the sports evening activities are the best by far i mean that's that's what people come to camp to do um you know, there's, there's other incredible evening activities as well, like where they bring people in to do shows and various magicians and things like that. But, you know, it is these like all camp evening activities that are, it just feels like, I don't know, almost like carnal. Like you're just like doing these games on this field that like people have been doing for generations. And um, it's so cool. I love it. It's a good day. 
That is a good day. So you have a brother, David. What was it like having him as a younger brother at camp? Loved it. Um, David's a man. Like, I, I mean, both my brothers are amazing. And David is at a voter now. Um, I feel like he's going into bunk. Well, he would have this summer. Um, been in bunk, I want to say either like 5A age. I mean, he's he's 12. So I don't know like what bunk 12-year-olds are in, but. I think they, um, I think they're 6A and 6B now. That's my brother is the same age. Yeah, and yeah. I had, and I had bunk four last year, but they were the same age as 5A, 5B. It was like this weird thing. I think they're going to 6A, 6B. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So he's, he's that. Um, but it's awesome. I love, I mean, <laughs> it was great. And like, he, he loves it. And, you know, it's a great, it's a great thing to share with him for sure. So what is your craziest Desert War memory? Craziest Desert War? I mean, it's, it's got to be my 14-year Desert War. I mean, my 14-year Desert War was like the craziest Desert War ever. Um, I, I want to say the final score was – I mean, the thing about Desert War is like half the time it ends up being like literally like one to zero or like two to zero or something, in which case it's like people are just standing around for hours on end doing nothing, and it's like – like, what are we doing? Like, come on, like, let's, let's, let's get it going. And then other times, you know, a team will score like 200, you know, like so many points with live is every, the whole other team will be in jail. They'll run up the score. My 14 year was like the perfect hybrid of at no point was like a whole other team in jail. And at no point was like people just like stagnated on the line. I want to say the final score was like 28 to 30 and we won. Um, which is just like the perfect Desert War score. Like that's like, well, I don't know, like eight to seven in terms of total flag scored or something like that, uh, which is just like a great blend of offense, but then like really good defense too. So, I mean, we were down at the half. We were down a good bit. And then, you know, we rallied at halftime. Z came out um, and just dominated the third quarter, back and forth in the fourth, and then came out on top. It was awesome. That was a fun war. Yeah. Um, so we got some hot takes coming up. I know you had a hot take earlier with your ping pong skills. That is it's still not confirmed. We'll have to do some more research, ask around a little bit. Sure. Talk to our people. But Edge, check the Evodians. Get... Look who's won the ping pong awards. I'll say that. It's all in the hardware. All right. Uh, who is your uh, favorite counselor when you were a camper? Just like over the years. I mean, that's, I mean, obviously it's tough to pin it down to one person. I could name a few, including, you know, like Ben Rubin, including like Joe Frank, including Robbie Sockle, you know, Eddie Bernson, a lot of these guys. I will say that Miklos Greenberg like actually saved my life. And I just really like, I love Miklos um, and I value him so much. And then I was about to walk back onto the field and just continue playing and then Miklos was like, Benji, like, you look not with it. Let's go to the infirmary. So he walked me to the infirmary. And then just, like, everything was spinning. And then, like, it just, like, you know, spiraled down from there. But I really owe a lot to Miklos. And Miklos is just such a good friend. And I communicate with him, you know, great. And he, I mean, he's the funniest counselor ever. And he really cares. He also taught me how to sail, too, which I will say about, like, is not – as much weighted in terms of evaluating how good a counselor is like campers come to a voda also to learn skills. Like if you're not going to 
Like if you don't learn to sail at sleepaway camp, where are you going to learn to sail? Like if you don't learn to water ski at sleepaway camp, like where are you going to learn to water ski? Like this is a space or like hit a tennis ball or like swing a baseball bat or shoot a basketball. Like these are skills that parents pay camp so that they like their kids can go to sleepaway camp and learn how to like become better at things. And I will say that Miklos taught me how to sail and I he, like spent one-on-one time with me show me like what a rudder board is and like all that stuff. And uh, I love Miklos. I give him a lot of credit. Miklos is the man. He also taught me how to sail when I was a younger camper. Yeah. And then a couple <laughs> years later, I ended up winning the sailing award because of him. There you go. It comes around like that. Yep. Uh, so Benji, continuing with the trend, who would you say the best athlete was or the best athlete that you were around for? Robbie Cates. Yeah, Robbie Cates. Yeah, I mean, I could I could keep going, but like, that's like the least hot take ever. And look, a lot of great athletes, obviously, and that goes without saying. But Robbie was the most skilled, the biggest, and the fastest kid, and he was the best. And there's certain there was, he was. I mean, he I say he was really the only kid that I saw at Avoda, where if you had just him, and then the other team had like the next five best players of that sport, it didn't matter. Like, Robbie was – the team with Robbie was going to win that. You think he was more dominant than Yarmo? And I'm not taking away from Yarmo. Yarmo was an awesome athlete. Like, we were on senior hoops together. He was awesome on senior hoops. Like, I've been on color war teams with him. Great athlete. Robbie Cates is, like, four inches taller than him. Like, five inches taller than him. Like, 40 pounds heavier. You know, it's, it's apples and oranges. I mean, Robbie Cates is Robbie Cates. All right, and then uh, last, what is your favorite location in camp? Where's your, your place you want to be? On a boat in the middle of the lake. All right, I mean, you said that before. You love the waterfront. Not surprising there. Yeah. Uh, so you're uh, 15 years uh, from now in the Vodian from your 14 year, uh, said you were going to be a dancer at bar mitzvahs or bat mitzvahs. And how would you say that's going right now? Uh, I could see me definitely dancing at, you know, Bob Mitzvahs in 15 years. If that's, you know, I would love to be dancing at my friend's kids, Bob Mitzvahs. So, you know, I encourage that. I encourage dancing, um, dance enthusiasts. So, you know, don't be, don't be the guy at like a social or at like a, you know, a formal or something that like doesn't dance. Like you're not the coolest guy there if you're not dancing. I'll put it that way. So let your hair down a bit feel the music, get on the D floor, you know, break it down. You'll have a better night. I promise. Words to live by from Benji. So Benji, we're aware that uh, you are in possession, David, now, but of a white rim beanie. How did you come to get that beanie? It's funny you say that because I know aren't all the beanies now to vote a white rim beanies. Yeah, but they're fake. Yeah. So so I got my white room beanie because I want to say it was in like bunk 5A or something. I was, uh, at, so my dad's from Providence. And so I would always spend a night at my grandparents' house the night before camp uh, to visit my grandparents. And then we'd go to a vote together. Um, and I didn't have a beanie. I forgot it at home. This was like my third year at camp. And so we're just at my grandparents' house. And uh, my dad had a beanie there. Um, and it had a white room. I didn't even realize it looked different. I was just like, 
I just need a beanie for the first day. Like, can you please just like give it to me? And he gave it to me. And then I get there and people are like freaking out about it. They're like, I'm wearing other, like, I don't know. It was like this sort of celebrity status wearing like this beanie that had a white rim around it. Mr. Davis is like calling me out in like the mess hall. Johnny Singer's like losing his mind about the fact that I'm wearing a white rim beanie. And it was this whole like phenomenon. Um, but I still have it. It's in my backpack. I have it with me all the time. Very sentimentally attached to it. It's pretty crazy. I mean, I kept the same beanie for, you know, I have this 10 years later. Like if any of you kept a single beanie for over 10 years. I can tell you I probably haven't kept one longer than 10 days. Right. And I don't blame you. I, I've definitely lost it at times, but I've always found it. And it always finds its way back. And uh, yeah, I mean, this is my beanie, you know, it's my armor. Yeah, I mean, I pretty much have the same story as you. I just got the beanie from my grandpa one day before camp and came there. Everyone was like, whoa, there's two of them now. They're like, yo, you got to show Benji. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's a beanie. (laughs) Uh, It's it's a cool thing. It's a cool niche uh, thing that has a white rim on it. So, yeah. So we got a hard question for you. You're going to have to pick a favorite administrator that's currently at a VOTA. PGD's off the table. He's easy, number one, but number two. Yeah. Look, I, I think that, I mean, Ronnie has really gone above and beyond for me, for sure. And, like, it's just been super nice to David. And so love Ronnie. She's great um, and really respect her a lot. I mean, Ken, Ken's the MVP. Like, Ken – like really does live and breathe a Voda. Um, you know, I was, I was out of Voda pre-Ken and then I was on staff with Ken and like, I've seen a Voda transition from pre-Ken to like Ken and look, it's different, but times change and Ken really does care about a Voda and about all the staff members and about all the campers a lot. Um, you know, I got a, I really do give Ken a lot of credit for keeping camp going every day. So shout out Ken. So what what are your thoughts on our age group in 2016? Because you were our counselor in Bunk 12. Uh, Tell us a little bit about that experience. You guys are great. I mean, I I had a great summer. You know, I was being in – also just general hack, being a Bunk 12 counselor is the best position at Avoda. So um, I I recommend that. You you mean you have the same, like, space as living in 14, but there's just, like, all the extra baggage of being a Bunk 14 counselor that – you just don't have to deal with as a bunk 12 counselor. Um, I mean, I loved you guys. You guys are great. A lot of personalities. Um, like I felt like I could mess with you guys, but then also like chill with you and we'd get food like every night. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I'm kind of curious. What was your experience as having me as a counselor? Like I'd like some feedback. Uh, I had probably it's close. I almost had more fun bunk 11 and 12 year than 14 year. And I know that it must be a really hot take, but there's something about being like the oldest age group in camp. And like you said, it's kind of having all that stuff 14 has, but like not everything that comes along with it. So you can kind of fly under the radar a little bit. And I feel like that was personified through the counselors and the campers alike. Yeah. 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 Sorry, Max, go ahead. Well, we had Goldfarb and you and Drew and Deuce. And then the next year we had Drew, Eagle, and Deuce. And it was still great. But at the end of 12, we 
we thought you and Goldfarb were going to be our counselors the next year. We mm-hmm. really did. There was a lot of buzz going around. Yeah. Well, sorry. Happens to the best of us. Happens. You guys still have it. You guys still had a good fourteen year. Yeah. Definitely. That's great. Yeah. Big summer for hydration. Everyone drank a lot of water, a lot of blue Powerade. You know, Powerade especially. Yeah. So it was good. Yeah. Um, have you ever gotten like a nickname at camp? Cause some kids aren't just don't have the right name for it or something like that. But I, I know, I think I remember you had some nicknames during your time. I mean, I was just Benji. Like I'm like, I'm like a one name brand. I'm like Rihanna or like Bono, you know, like I was just captain Ben. Uh, actually, was I captain Satloff? I don't remember, but yeah, just Benji. Like no one really called me Satloff. Like that's fine. I don't know. But Max, would you like to speak on this a little bit? Because I think this is uh, was this you? This you remember the nickname or no? Um, well, I just know that his father had a nickname. Oh, and and my dad! I think his nickname was Cupcake, and so he was Cupcake. Um, I did not have a pastry attached to me, um, but my name is Benji, <laughs> so you can call me that. So uh, on on your village order named Benji, what uh what type of sandwich are you getting there? Well, I mean, first I'm getting a breakfast sandwich. So um, I mean, it's got to be uh, steak, egg, and cheddar with a hash brown on a bagel, cut in half with buffalo sauce and blue cheese on the side. That's I think it's the first breakfast sandwich we've heard. People gotta get like you don't realize like you gotta get these things cut in half. You know like eating a breakfast sandwich without it cut in half is impossible to dip into a sauce. So, you know, it's got to be cut. You got to be able to dip, get angle. Um, I mean, yeah, the breakfast sandwiches are the thing to get at Philly for sure. Good order. That is a good order. That AP on the side. Of course. Of course. So what would your advice be for a first-year camper and a JC? even though you weren't a JC, but still? It's a great question. Look, for, first year camper, um, I mean, I feel like general things in terms of like really try a lot, you know, like I like do stuff on the waterfront that you may have never tried before and then like play a sport, you know, like do the rock wall. You know, like I actually only did the rock wall my first year at Avoda. <laughs> so the last time I did the rock wall was 2006, but I'm glad I did. Um, so really try a lot, but then, uh, you know, be, be open to like really just like surrounding yourself in this new environment that you have really never been a part of. I mean, being, going to a sleepaway camp is so different, right? I mean, you, unless you go to like a boarding school or something, like going to an all boys sleepaway camp is a very different experience than anyone has ever experienced before actually doing it. And there is so much to offer there. There really is. And like, it, it's tough to tell a seven-year-old, like walk around with open eyes and like, you know, an eager attitude. But, you know, I'd say like, look, everyone's goal at Camp Avoda, and this is, I think that like what counselors and all staff and campers need to realize as well. You're going to Camp Avoda to have fun. You know, like there's no ulterior motive. There's no agenda besides like campers paying 
you know, tuition to go to a place where there's going to be programming for them to have the most fun they can have in a summer possible. And the same, I would say the same for staff members as well. Like, you know, the goal, like have your, your goal is to have fun and make campers have fun. There's no other objective there besides that, you know, and obviously parts of having fun are like personal growth, like making relationships, you know, like skill development, like a lot of other components of that as well. But at its core, Camp Avoda is to have as most fun as humanly possible. And I really do think it does a great job at doing that. Um, and so I'd say as a camper, like go, have fun. Like really like you're there to have fun every single day. Um, and as a JC, like, I mean, that I would say the same for literally every age. Like don't get caught up in what you think you're supposed to be doing or feeling or like developmentally, like where you're at in life. Like the goal of Camp Avoda, everybody is in this space, in this community to truly like make each other have the most fun they possibly can every single day. And if you're not having fun at Avoda, then either the people around you are like not bringing you up or you're just not in a headspace where you're as open to the fun that's around you. Um, so I'd really just encourage everybody to think about day to day that your job every single day is to have fun. Um, and really like that's, that's life I can't devote it. I completely agree. When you were saying the most important thing before you said it in my head, I was thinking have fun because that's what we do at Camp Avoda. Right? Like, look, I love Color War. Like, I love Desert War. Like, I love League. Like, I love all those, like, and I don't know if we're going to, like, get into Color War at all, but, you know, I love that aspect of Avoda. But if being involved in that to a competitive extent is taking away from your ability to truly just wake up every day and, like, feel that you're having the best day ever, then maybe scale down how intense you're taking color war, honestly. Like, being involved in these awesome, really, really enriching activities should not diminish your love for camp and your love for just, like, enjoying every single day. So be mindful of that, you know, and, you know, I just consider doing that, yeah. So, Benji, you just mentioned color war a little bit. Did you have something on your mind that you wanted to discuss? No, I mean, not even in particular. I, I mean, I love color war. I was on staff, was, you know, loved it as a camper. It's, it is truly such a one-of-a-kind thing that a camp of has to offer. And, I mean, it, it's, it's the coolest thing ever. I mean, how organized and how systematic and just how intense and – you like giving just young guys the the outlet to really just be that competitive and try that hard at something in such like a team oriented setting is just great for kids growing up and like it teaches you a lot about you know teamwork and a lot about commitment and a lot about you know devotion and responsibility and just it's so fun and that thrill of competition is it's like intoxicating it's it's incredible it is. We've also heard that uh, you're a pretty good playwriter. I mean, I think so myself. Um, yeah, I, knew, I I wrote some plays. I've I've performed in a ben, Benji Saloff production, and I will say, they are 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 very good, very well run. Everyone knows where they're supposed to be. So, good writer. Have you passed along your knowledge to Alon Haskell? Was that something that happened? 
I remember talking to Alon as he was writing the play, his play. Look, I mean, I think that there's a few just like key, key pillars to the play. Like one, this is your order of operations. You got to start with just thinking about who needs to have songs. So just write on a piece of paper, who are just like the seven or eight different combinations of people that need to have a song. Next step is just like, look at the top 100 songs in the country at the time. It's insane to me that people would write plays and make them to the tune of like, you know, I don't know, like songs that were in the 60s or 70s. Like no 12 year old knows the tune to like Casey Jones or like these songs, like make it to the, all the songs need to be to the tune of like songs that kids hear on the radio every single day. Cause then you don't need to teach it to them. They already know like how Justin Bieber songs go or like, you know, these very colloquial tunes. The next you just got to write the songs. And then once you have the songs, you base the plot just around the songs. Um, once you have like seven songs written, the, 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 you know, the, the narrative of the play comes so smoothly. Um, and you can just re- fill in the gaps around the songs. Um, and just on like acting, you really just got to stress to campers that for one night, you know, like not every kid has done musical theater before and that's fine. You know, like I don't, but I think that's a great thing to try at sleepaway camp, right? Like that's something that you might have had experience with before and now's the time to do it. When you are on the stage, you are no longer Max Kleiman. You're no longer Nick Goldberg. You are a star. Like you are an actor. You are, a, you know, you are on stage and you're a performer. And when you are on stage, you are in character. You know, never are you just going to be walking around like Max Kleiman or Nick Goldberg. You are walking around, you are talking, you are interacting as if you are that character. And I think it's really important to stress that through practicing throughout the week because how you practice is how you're gonna perform. And you just need to really get in a habit of being your character and being in character all week long and, and like relentlessly doing that. And then the other just biggest thing is it's not quantity of practice. Like the team practicing the most hours is never gonna win the play. Like when you get to play practice and you say this day one, we are locked in. Like we are working until you know, 11, 11.30 max and then go to bed rest up, you know, you have sports to play tomorrow, don't be tired, you know, never, you you should never be up until two in the morning practicing the play, like, that's ridiculous, like, these kids are, like, nine years old, Um, you know, when you are at play practice, you're locked in, you're focused, and then you go to bed, but, you know, no, it, it, like, people need to know that, like, when you are supposed to be on stage, you're there, like, I don't need to be reminding you, you it's just got to be a smooth ship, make it fun, you know, and obviously, like, it's a more fun experience when it's a good play, which I've been fortunate to have twice up so that also makes the experience more fun but you know it's got to be an operation you got you're running you're running a production so you know there's no diddly daddling around that so how how early on in the color process do you start writing the play um i would say probably like 12 days to 12 days to two weeks before the start of color war okay and you aim to have it done before that first night or it's got to be it's got to be it's got to be done even before like two or three nights before so the then you can give it to the rest of your staff for input because they all have thoughts too and then you talk through it and then you know you iterate off of it like harrison was on the villains too and so i wrote you know like most of the script for the villains but i mean harrison had a lot of creative input and i mean he had some great thoughts um it's, it's just got to be like a collective staff thing, but 
you can't get behind on it, you know? And I feel like most of us have seen been on teams where teams might not have finished their songs or the play by the time that, you know, Cold War starts and it's, it's a mess and you got to avoid that. If you just want to have like the most smooth sailing week as possible. Good advice. That is good advice. So we're coming along to the end of the podcast, but uh, we'd like to hear your birthday speech. Sure. Um, okay. I spent 10 incredible years at Camp Avoto. Hey. I loved it very much. Hey. Um, bunk one. Hey. Bunk 14. Hey. 2K1214. Hey. Blue Gators. Hey. Um, White Villains. Hey. Um, Satlaw Family. Give it an A for that. Hey. Um, the Jerusalem Jaguars. Hey. Um, the Blue Tribe. Hey. Waterfront. Hey. The Lake. Hey. Boats on the Lake. Hey. Um, I'll give a shout out to the Fixlers. They were a pretty integral role in my voter experience. So Jared and Wes. Hey. Uh, I'll give a shout out to your Bunk 12. I loved you guys. You were a great age group. Hey. Um, PGD. Hey. White Ribbon Beanies. Hey. Having fun at Camp Avoda. Hey. Hey. And everyone else is number one. Hey. Very nicely done. Is that the first time you've ever done one? First hour on my February birthday. Ten months out of the year, people don't get to do them. So we're providing a lot of counselors or alumni with an opportunity to, to give one. There you go. Well, uh, thank you very much for coming on. You are, you are a great guest, and we really enjoyed catching up with you and, and talking about camp. Yeah, you guys are awesome. You're, like, seriously, listening to these podcasts every week, like, you guys are good hosts, you know, great at facilitating. So thank you for doing this. This is an awesome thing. I enjoy listening to the pods. Please keep it up. No thank problem. You. Thanks for coming on. All right. Have a good night, guys.